the Spot Track Podcast, talking sports contracts, the salary cap, and business of sports. Welcome to another edition of the Spot Track Podcast. My name is Mike Gennetti. It is Monday, November 27th. A little late on the post today as I spent the morning publishing the latest article on SpotTrack.com. It is called 2024 Quarterback Contract Guarantee Tears. It's a mouthful. It's a lot to read. There's a lot of quarterbacks to discuss. It's time. We have uh, flipped the switch mostly to the offseason here, and that discuss, discussion has to start with the quarterback conversation for a lot of players. Six categories, six tiers. Dan Soman's going to join me in just a moment to discuss these quarterbacks and quickly a couple of Major League Baseball signings because I guess officially it has begun. There's some notable names in new uniforms already, and it's yet we've yet to get to December meetings. So let's bring Dan in. Dan. Quick Major League Baseball recap, because there's actually some news to discuss. We're not just projecting anymore here. Um, the Cardinals have signed three starting pitchers. Two of them are, you know, on the back end of their career in Kyle Gibson and Lance Lynn. And then Sonny Gray basically just posted the best season of his career in Minnesota and was one of the biggest fish on the open market. So Sonny Gray signs November 27th, right? We're not even in December meetings. That's kind of rare. Usually nothing really happens until after the first week of December. I guess just your thoughts on St. Louis and Gray's contract specifically here. Yeah, I think they they were obviously pretty vocal about how they <laughs> yeah. needed to attack the starting pitching market. So it's not really surprising. Um, you can debate <clears throat> whether you think they got drastically better than they have in the past. Um, yeah. But I would... I, I overall, I think the moves are fine. I just, I'm, they don't necessarily move the needle a ton for me. Um, the gray signing is probably uh, the one I like the most. So Yeah. Where are you on him? Is that, is that a player where you're worried that that was going to be like his peak 2022? <clears throat> and from here, it's, he's going to look like, you know, a mid thirties starting pitcher. That's going to be slowly in decline here. Or do you think the situation actually works well for him? Certainly the contract works well, right? This is not a $25 million player for three years. And that's what he's getting here. Uh, we had him at about 21 million. Uh, not to say that we're, you know, we're the NLBL, but it's pretty hard for pitchers to get to that $25 million mark right now. There's very few there, even some great players. So St. Louis overpaid to get him on their roster in November, right? Yeah, that's probably a good uh, a good way to put it. I, I don't have a lot of concerns with him. I mean, I think last year was um, you know his career year, if not among you know a handful of year uh, really productive seasons. He's been good overall, though. Really, outside of I, I think he gets a bad rap from that year and a half uh, in New York, where it was just <laughs> really bad, which we've seen play out with um, other pitchers as well too. So I'm <clears throat> more of the mind that he he's a good solid starting pitcher, even as he ages a little bit here, although I'm willing to admit that last year was probably a career yeah. year. <clears throat> okay. Anything else standing out in the, in the baseball world? There's been some Yamamoto discussions. The Otani stuff has kind of quieted it down as we expected it to for, I don't know, at least one more good month here. Um, some smaller signings that we talked about last week with the Braves, but I think it's been, you know, pretty status quo. Does Kenta Maeda actually uh, move the needle for you at all going to Detroit? not particularly i will admit i was a, i did raise an eyebrow at the total though i thought he might get a little bit more than that no i was was that a surprising you would 24 total um over two years i thought he might get a little bit more but he is a little bit on the older side i i do sort of um mm-hmm. 
forget that in, in you know when when analyzing him. But I, I do think the Aaron Nola thing is um, the Aaron Nola contract with Philly is interesting, particularly from the perspective that it sounds like he passed up more money um, to to go back with Philly. So you can debate whether they should be committing that chunk of change um, into the yeah. future among all you know this this group um, you know this group of core players that there's a lot of money committed to over the next uh, half decade plus. So um, yeah, but we, we overall, had, we had my head at about 11 and a half million, Dan. So it's kind of right on par. Uh, I guess the, yeah. the shock for me is that he chose Detroit in November on that price, right? <laughs> because yeah, that, I, you had laid out a couple of scenarios where they're selling right now in order to kind of rebuild on the fly again, because a lot of these kids just didn't pan out. They, they non-tendered some pretty freaking big names here over the past couple of weeks. And it seemed like they were continuing to clean house, but this is this is a move in the opposite direction, and it's probably a positive one, right? Oh yeah, yeah, that's fine, and I, and that's that that is interest. That's nice to see it aligns with our valuation. That's just my gut speaking. That I was I, I thought him signing this early might hint that he was uh, going to command a little, or he, he I, him signing this early probably means that he wasn't going to command as that's much right. as I was mentally thinking. So. Yep. <clears throat> Yep, that's an agent stepping in and saying, you got to take this. Yeah, <laughs> it's pretty, sure. pretty thin out there right now. Um, okay, anything else in the baseball world you want to touch on or do you want to flip over to this quarterback conversation right now? No, that's it for now. Yeah, okay. Hopefully more to come soon. As I said, it's usually winter meetings for that first week of December and then everything starts to ramp up, including trades. That's generally when we start to hear a ton of trade stuff because the front offices are literally sitting next to each other and the the wine is flowing and things get fun. So I expect it to get real fun here in the next couple of weeks with Major League Baseball. Six quarterback contract tiers, Dan. I've done a, di- a lot of different versions of this. I don't think I've ever done just this, though, which is just guaranteed dollars as it currently stands right now on each quarterback contract. So, yes, I, you know, in the, in the details of each player here, I've got notes that say, you know, if – if Jimmy Garoppolo's on the roster in March, on March 15th, uh, his base salary becomes fully guaranteed. So, yeah, I know there's a lot of triggers and a lot of moving parts with these. I just wanted to give everybody the look right now. If, if the first decision that a team made when their 2023 season finished was to move on or get rid of or extend or do something with their quarterback, this is the contract. This is the guaranteed contract that exists for that player. So six tiers. I'll give you all the tiers here. We're not going to go name for name, by the way. We're just going to kind of pull out some greatest hits here. But the six tiers are all good. I've got six players in the all good category. That seemed low. And I actually went back through my list and said, should I be adding more players? But I, I think I'm justifying the, the categorizations properly here. So all good. Ready to parlay means there's a couple of names here that have future guarantees, but are probably going to lock in a hell of a lot more on a contract extension in the next couple of weeks. Uh, grab popcorn, which means something spectacular could happen either with the team as a whole or as, or with this quarterback in the contract specifically, uh, the Deshaun Watson category. I don't think that needs any explanation. The potentially annoying category. There's a lot of reasons players have fallen into this list. And I know there's a couple of names here that I'm going to get unfollowed on Twitter for and the no current future guarantees category, which is basically literally you're a rookie with no future you know, contract guarantees on your rookie contract. You're Dak Prescott, who's in the final year of his contract, with, but it's not guaranteed. Um, or you have no, literally no quarterbacks on your roster with even a dollar of guaranteed money. And there are actually three teams heading into next March 
in that category. Let's start with the positives. Um, your Mahomes, your Hertz, your Jacksons, your Allens. Let's just get those four out of the way. Uh, for the most part, I think all four of those teams are pretty darn happy with how things are going. I threw a offline DM to you basically just to ask about Josh Allen because I know it's unbelievable, you know, recency bias with what they just went through against the Eagles and really what the Bills have gone through the entire season. And by the way, Allen has been, you know, at times one of the reasons that they're losing some of these games. So it's not like it's been all cherries and roses for him. But let's just start here. You specifically don't think there's any concern with Josh Allen being the QB one for the Bills at least for, can we say two more seasons? Because that's what the contract says. Totally agree. Yeah, I I don't even I'm not even being a homer here, but we've been close to this situation from the perspective of the Bills struggled to find sim, very simply put, the Bills struggled to find any co- semblance of a quarterback for well over a decade. Um, right. They, he is easily the face of this franchise and they have hitched their horse, uh, their wagon to him. And it, I, I, it would be a very, very tough sell um, to the fan base. It, like locally, that no one is even close to turning on him. I mean, there's <laughs> acknowledgement that he is not the elite number one, you know, Patrick Mahomes contention, um, best quarterback in the league anymore. But I think mm-hmm. everyone does see um, the offensive prowess that he does have when things are working. And I think, um, you know, people are not going to bail there. So, yeah, I. I kind of said it in the piece, but there's probably 11 other things that are going to change before Josh Allen's name even comes up on one of these lists internally. Right. I mean, it's, it's, it's what can we do to make his life better? Not how can we replace him and upgrade that position? It's completely backwards thinking right now. Right. Yeah. It would be a a new coaching cycle, which in my opinion would align with your timeline of three years. If Sean McDermott gets fired um, and, and, you know, a new coach would theoretically get multiple seasons, you would think, if they can't make it work then at the expiration of his contract or at towards the end, you would think that they might look to move out at that point. So, Okay. Two other names on this all good list. Um, one is not controversial. It's CJ Stroud. I, I've seen enough. <laughs> I mean, I, I've seen him play difficult games. I've seen him play well in games that they've lost. I've seen it. I think I've seen every version that I've wanted to see from a rookie quarterback of CJ Stroud. And I've loved all of them. So is he a classic going to take a step back in his sophomore season candidate? Probably. I don't think he's going to be able to do this again, but we now know that his ceiling is a franchise quarterback ceiling. It's not, you know, two or three steps below that, that has anybody thinking, well, if he could only do this, we've now seen him do everything. So it's just a matter of, can he put it all together on a consistent basis? And I think certainly so far so good. Um, I want you to comment on Russell Wilson being here because this was, ridiculous for me, right? 10 months ago, I was literally on here talking about all the various ways that they could get out of this contract, including paying him $34 million for next year, just to walk away before this year, right? That was probably something that was at least floated around that organization before Sean Payton signed on to be the head coach of that, of that team, because everything else around them, including the defense, everything was broken, completely broken. And Russell was a big part of that. He looks great, Dan. He doesn't look like, you know, 25-year-old Russell Wilson, but he looks like what Russell Wilson should look like in his mid-30s. And I think that's ridiculous, having seen him for the past two seasons look like a completely different person. So I'm not worried at all about him all of a sudden. And I'm not worried at all about him, at least for next season. Uh, you want to talk about the fact that two more seasons are guaranteed, right, at $76 million total. That's probably pushing it a little bit. But 
with Peyton here, with a couple of offensive weapons not going anywhere, right? Javante, Cortland Sutton, maybe Judy still gets moved. With an offensive line that seems to be doing its job, it's simply just a matter of bolstering up this defense. And I think this team could be right back here in 2024. So I'm I'm shocked. I have to eat crow because I was trying to write this entire team off for a long, long time. But I feel pretty darn good about him being the quarterback for 2024. Do you? I mean, I don't quote feel good as in I have a ton of confidence that it's not going to fall apart at the seams at some point, but I do agree with you. I, th- I like, I think the point we're going to try and make here is that from a contractual perspective, they are almost anchored to him, but yeah. they could have gotten out of it after this upcoming season if they wanted to, but it would have been not ideal. Right. So when Russell Wilson looked like he was cooked, I think it was fair to to examine whether they would actually, they, they needed to move on. Right. Sean Payton came into the season saying Russ's seat is, <clears throat> is not, is, is yeah. very hot, if you will. If so from the perspective of now he looks like a competent quarterback and they have the money committed. I think it's very safe that he will be there next year. Um, but again, I think it could come back to earth. Um, I, I mean, it could regress towards what we saw the prior year and a half. Um, at any point, just just because I, I I think it's a fragile situation. I'll leave it that, at that. It's, I'd say it's fragile, but I have to give him the benefit of the doubt right now because a- absolutely what, wherever he was for the past two years is gone. He has now found his way back to at least an above average state of mind and state of production. And I just didn't think this was possible. You know what I mean? So the fact it's sort of the CJ Stroud conversation. Yes, I expect him to regress next year, but I have seen enough to know where he can get to. I didn't think Russell Wilson could get back to this point, and he has. So now I just expect him to be there in 2024. I guess that's the easiest way to say it. For sure. And it again, it's going to come back to for the millionth time of what are you going to replace him with? And there's yeah. really not going to be a ton of options unless he thinks he can get like a Kirk Cousins type of quarterback. There's really no veteran Peyton Manning that's going to like come in and, and be more appealing for Sean Payton right now, at least that I see, unless you have somebody at the top, you know, at the top of the list. But I, I think it's kind of, what are you going to upgrade to other than a rookie quarterback? They might not be in position to grab anyone, you know, really valued in, in that realm. So right. um, that's where I'll, I'm at I'll, I'll push back on this just a little bit. It's not, it's not anything that really has to be discussed much, but Jared Stidham does have a small guarantee next year as the QB two on this roster. He's capable. I think Sean Payton could make something out of that kid, uh, at least a viable game manager type quarterback. So if if the wheels do fall off, I, I kind of feel okay about what they've done to to sort of handcuff that situation. So, you know, surprising as hell, but uh, you know, I'm not going to sit here and try to rest on my laurels that I thought this was going to blow up and it still should blow up at some point in time. This team's really good right now. Maybe the hottest right. team in all of football. Uh, quickly, any conversations about Tua and Trevor Lawrence getting paid this offseason? No, I mean, I think both are within the realm of possibility. I think Tua, I would err on the side of saying, would be more likely to get done from my perspective. But um, Yeah, Yeah, he's entering his fifth-year option year. Trevor's just going to become extension eligible for the first time. They both had way above average, but to some degree, inconsistent seasons. Um, To me, it was simply, can Tua survive the season? And if he does, he's going to get paid. So I'm still in that frame of mind. Jacksonville doesn't have to pay Trevor Lawrence yet. You know, they can look to keep some other pieces and make sure that this roster is as deep as possible and then do this in 2024 uh, leading into 2025 or even March of 2025. 
<clears throat> so it's it's possible they wait on Trevor Lawrence, but I don't think so. Uh, this seems to be that Josh Allen conversation, right? They've got a quarterback. They they lucked into the lottery. They've got the guy. He seems to have the right mindset and ceiling. He's not the same Trevor Lawrence we saw at Clemson. There's no question about that. But I, I think he's too good not to keep for the next three to four years. So they probably don't wait. He's only 24 years old, by the way. Another reason to lock him in for four years guaranteed and not really have to worry about it too much. Um, grab the popcorn. That's the next category. A couple of quick names to just throw away. Mac Jones is done, right? Outright release, yeah, Dan? Sure. Outright release? I, I mean, maybe somebody wants to acquire him on the cheap um, Yeah. as a backup quarterback. Like, I, I'm willing to – like. I don't think Mac Jones is good. Let me just put it out there. But like, I'm willing to, I, I, I am an eternal optimist for these guys that do get drafted at the front of the first round that are placed mm-hmm. in awful situations. So like, I think Zach Wilson is really bad. I'm willing to let him go to a new place and get some sort of opportunity. Maybe it's because he gets inserted as a backup, but like they would him, Mac Jones, those guys are guys that were clearly in awful quarterback situ, you know, landing spots from their debut season. So I'm willing to at least see it in a new atmosphere, but it's done in new England. I don't see how, how he's there again. Do you think there's a seventh round pick out there for his 2.7 million guaranteed? I mean, I want to say yes, but I'm totally willing to be, proven wrong on that like if you say that's a ridiculous number but i I, if if he's gonna still be in the league as a backup quarterback isn't that the going rate right it is but i'm not even sure he's that right now he's been that yeah he's been that dreadful uh to the point of where i I don't even know that bill belichick knows how to proceed right now and i don't i don't really blame him he is so volatile in terms of turnover rate and things like that that i'm not even sure he is a safe option at two and a half million to have behind your superstar quarterback right now. He seems to be that volatile. It seems worse than the Sam, than Sam Darnold. To some degree, it's way worse than Zach Wilson for me. Like I could see Zach Wilson, who has two years, $5.4 million left. That's his guaranteed rookie contract. Is he going to be the next backup in San Francisco? Is that how this is going to go, right? They're just going to keep taking former Jets QBs who had an absolute minefield of a situation, especially from an offensive line standpoint and just bring them in and mold them and let them go make two or three million in free agency after they're done with them. It seems like that could happen because they're playing with fool's gold out there. But to me, it seems more likely, and I think Wilson's been bad, that Wilson can fetch you a seventh round pick for two at five than Mac Jones gets you anything. I think the Patriots have to eat that two and 2.7 and release him as quickly as possible just to restart this. And by the way, it's probably going to be a new regime, right? If they fire Belichick, it's going to be a new GM, a new coach, Step one is just cutting bait with this to get the story out of the system, right? Yeah. I mean, and he was a pretty unsexy prospect, if you will, to begin with. Like Zach Wilson, at least, you know, there were flashes on his college game tape of how athletic and, um, you know, his offensive ceiling, if you will. Mac Jones was kind of always thought of as just like a pocket quarterback and he goes to, you know, a a really bad situation and it's just gotten worse. So, yeah, I agree with you. Garoppolo has already been benched uh, for a bunch of reasons. The big one is the contract. There's a $11.25 million injury guarantee for next year that they don't want to screw with if he gets hurt. And Aiden O'Connell is kind of a dude. <laughs> you know, I don't know how much of a dude he's going to be, but for now he is more than good enough to sit in there and take some snaps for this Raiders team and keep them inside of games. 
which is certainly more than they've had over the past couple of seasons with Carr and now with Garoppolo. Outright release is going to mean 11.25 paid out, probably $28 million of dead cap hit. They could post June 1st it, but you know how that works. It means keeping his cap hit on until June 2nd. No team really likes to do that these days. Uh, it's going to get ugly. Uh, we're back in like another cycle of ugliness with the Raiders, contractually speaking. Uh, at some point in time, right, Devontae's going to ask out, Max Crosby's going to ask out, and this whole thing's going to blow up at some point unless something changes drastically. And maybe that change is that Aiden O'Connell over the next six weeks looks pretty damn good, and people just want to stick around and, and see what that kid can be. This doesn't seem likely, but Garoppolo, is Garoppolo tradable, Dan? I don't see it. No way, right? No, the money, the for money reasons. Again, I think he'll be a quarterback, uh, you know, at least he'll be on a roster next year and, you know, as a backup quarterback somewhere, but I don't think anyone's going to voluntarily take on that money. <clears throat> okay. And uh, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask about just Justin Fields. The Bears have the one of the four pick at the time of this pod. Obviously, they can do a lot with that. They don't have to do a quarterback with that. I've heard a lot of very smart people say they shouldn't take a quarterback with those picks and that Justin Fields should get his fourth year to figure out what the hell he is and, and what he looks like on a better roster with a better offensive line and better weapons. Where do you sit in this entire mindset? <laughs> I'm not like a tape bro by any means. I tend to think that they should just start fresh. Um, hmm. I know you th- sort of think there might be some regime turnover there quicker than you know like i know they just turned it over i keep hearing the coaches out yeah right right so i personally think justin here's why i think it's a decent situation for them is because fields hasn't been like a total train wreck he's had some really low points but he's had some really really high points as well so i think it's we've just in yeah. Chicago, it, it, there might be an expiration date on his time in Chicago. I think people are getting restless there, especially if they pass on a quarterback, like a, a high end, if they have the opportunity to take Caleb, Caleb Williams, somebody like that. He turns out to be a dude. Justin Fields turns out to not be a dude. I think they're in a really bad position. So like Justin Fields on the trade market is, is pretty easily the most coveted asset, right? If, he was one of them for sure yeah yeah i'm I'm thinking tampa bay quickly if i'm just throwing a team out there tampa bay has nothing right now the cupboards are bare right so from like a construction standpoint i think it would be they'd be in a good spot to draft a quarterback with one of those early picks while trading justin fields for theoretically the point i was trying to lay out earlier was theoretically his trade value is still very high no am i off on that because that's kind of the premise of my uh mid to high you know, maybe I don't think it's a first round pick to you. Do you think he gets a, the bears can get a first round pick for him? I do. Yeah, you do. Well, then they should do that. <laughs> right. Then they right. should do so that. And they should, that I'm, should be the first I'm order wrong, of business. If I'm wrong on that and it's a third round pick or something, then I tend to agree Yeah. towards keeping him, but maybe I'm just way off on the trade value. But I mean, it's so, there's so many teams in no man's land, absolute no man's land. And if it only costs a middle, you know, even if it's a back end first, I think some team is going to take that. Um, some, some team that doesn't have immediate access to getting a quarterback at the top of the draft. I think it's a total worthwhile risk. <clears throat> I can't disagree with that. I, I could see it going, you know, a bunch of different ways. Um, another team I could throw in that and it's a name we're going to get to in a second here. It's got to be Seattle, right? 
I mean, Seattle's kind of spinning the reels right now with Geno Smith. We can talk about his contract in a second, but you want a, a quick, you know, slap a Band-Aid on something and see if the rest of your roster can kind of pick up the slack. That could work for Justin Fields, and that's a better offensive line. It's not the best offense. You know, it's young, but that's an offensive line that could grow into itself. And obviously, we know Pete Carroll has worked with quarterbacks of this sort of versatility in the past. So uh, there's another team for you that could probably give up a, a couple of good picks for Justin Fields and, and hit the ground running. I'm going to skip the Deshaun Watson category before it, because it speaks for itself. By the way, I'm not trashing him by putting him there. That's just simply where he has to be because contractually speaking with his contract, there's nothing like it. So it's only $138 million guaranteed from here out over the next three years. The cap hits are crazy. They're going to have to do a bunch of cap gymnastics, as every team's going to have to do for the most part. But I feel pretty good about it. I think that Browns team is loaded, probably poised to get even more loaded because they have some cap space they can work with, especially if they free up more with Watson's deal. And we uh, we hit the ground running. If Chubb can return and Watson can return in 2024, they are, what, a top four AFC contender? Is that fair? I think so. I mean, there's Top a lot six. contingent on uh, Chubb's health, but for sure, yeah. I think I think they're yeah they're the pe- the pieces are all there still. <clears throat> okay, potentially annoying for a various amount of reasons. I'll go to a couple of softball ones quickly. Um, you know, Kenny Pickett's contract is annoying because Kenny Pickett, as a quarterback, is kind of annoying, right? He's he's never going to be a high producer, top fantasy pick, right? You know, if we're looking at it from that spectrum but he's winning and that's all Mike Tomlin has ever cared about, which means that Kenny Pickett right now is 100% attached to Mike Tomlin's hip. And I don't think there's any better place to be in football than attached to Mike Tomlin's head. It's, it's basically like, it's, it, it's basically as good as gold right now. Right. Cause that's one of the most loyal franchises, fan bases, et cetera, you can get in professional sports. So my point is this, you know, the Kirk Cousins stuff is going to come back up. We had this discussion with Aaron Rodgers last year, they could probably upgrade from Kenny Pickett, but there's no chance they're going to do it this year, right? No chance. Yeah, I I'll, I agree there. I don't have much to add. I think he's given you a little bit of enough to to want uh, to see more, even though I don't think he's it. I think um, the point you laid out about winning is totally fair. I mean, they have to know that he's not the guy, though, right? He's not been, He's not going to be Roethlisberger for 15 years, you know? I, I guess in an interesting way, and it's a bigger discussion to have later, is anybody thinking like that anymore? You know, obviously the Chiefs are, and they've done their business accordingly. But is any other franchise thinking this is our guy for 15 years? You know, I feel like those days are just gone. It's what can we do for the next two to three years? And then we'll reassess it and cut bait and deal with it when we have to, right? Yeah, in, inside of front offices, I think that's more of the mindset. Um than the fan base's typical, you know, this guy. Yeah, you want to yeah, you want to sell that Kenny Pickett's going to be here forever, so you sell his jerseys, right? But, but yeah, I think internally that's got to be how they're they're operating their business right now because quite frankly, all of their jobs operate in that kind of cycle. So, Derek Carr is fully guaranteed through next year, and another ten million from twenty twenty five is going to lock next March, which to me looks like a parting gift. I don't know. He's not bad, right? He's not terrible. He's just the same Derek Carr he was in Vegas the past year and a half or so. So New Orleans really didn't get what they signed up for. They got they got what they thought they were going to get instead of what they wanted to get. What do we do here? You know, there's no other viable option unless you really give Taysom Hill the keys for, for once. I don't know if that's what's going to happen here. It seems like Atlanta has surpassed them in this division. 
What do you do with Derek Carr and his 40 million fully guaranteed here? I legitimately have no idea. He he kind he kind of just sucks, right? I mean, like I was one willing to to think that he this could have worked out a little bit like Yeah. I don't know. It's just it's just not happening for him. So, I don't I don't know where they go from here with the contract, honestly. Do you do you have a I would just defer to what uh what you think how how you think this might play out. Yeah, I just think because again, he's not he's not in the he's not even in the bottom half of quarterbacks in terms of advanced grades and things like that. He's just Derek Carr, right? Maybe he needed his own category in this piece, but it's it's easy for them to roll him back out there for 2024 and, and complete his you know the bulk of his guarantees. But they're drafting somebody. Is that incorrect to say? I mean, they're they're drafting somebody. They're in top the top 12 right now in the first round. This could easily be a second round pick where there's you know one of these six quarterbacks that have names right now in mock drafts could fall to them in the second round or it's something they trade up for. I, I do feel like they're in on the quarterback of their future, even though Derek Carr is going to be on this roster through all of 2024. Yeah, that makes sense. I, I they should be looking towards the future. Cause I mean, with, you know, Jameis Winston is there. He, he ain't it either, but no, I mean, there's talk that, it, you know, players in that locker room think that Winston might be the better option, even though we see how reckless he is and how that's worked out, but that's, you know, that the organization, you know, is probably going to stick with the guy they just committed a bunch of money towards. So yeah, it's, it's kind of a rough situation, but I do agree. They're probably going to be looking at drafting somebody. Yeah. And I don't think he's tradable. I know we've mentioned a couple of teams that need a quarterback. I, I don't know that anybody would do that. Remember, nobody would acquire him out of Las Vegas because of his contract. Nobody would acquire Jimmy Garoppolo out of San Francisco because of his injury history and to some degree his contract. It's just not happening at the rate that we want it to happen, right? They're, they're, right. they're forcing teams to make the hard choice and then structuring contracts the way they want to. And that's what New Orleans has to live with now. So I, I do think he'll stick through all of 2024, even if other things happen. Dan, I have Justin Herbert on the potentially annoying category. Uh, there's $201 million guaranteed left on this contract. Obviously, it was just signed. He still looks great. You know, there's there are tons of moments where he is one of the best pass throwers in all of football. He's just not elevating people, right? And and maybe it's that this team is just too long for each other. A couple of the weapons are simply aging out. You know, I think there's a lot to be said about the coaching. I don't want to go down that rabbit hole too much because I do think change is coming. Is everything going to change around Justin Herbert? And then he's just going to have to prove that he can elevate his game to another level. Or do you have serious concerns here about what the next five years guarantee could be for this team and him? No, I think I've seen enough to be fine with seeing how this plays out. Um, I agree that it's maybe the ceiling that we thought after his rookie season isn't quite there, but I do think he's still super valuable. I mean, they have just been decimated offensively with injuries. And I know, Austin Eckler has gotten back into the lineup. He just doesn't look like the no. same player after the ankle injury and, no. um, you know, struggling last year with some being banged up a little bit. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I Herbert's like kind of the least of my concerns if I'm being, if I'm being honest. Yeah. A lot of change around him. And then, and then it's time for him to go because I do want to see him be in competitive games, win games late, you know, be the upper echelon quarterback that he has the talent to be. I'm worried that, the game is moving too fast for him right now, and he's just not connecting the dots quick enough. But we'll see. I hope I'm dead wrong on this. I've got Burrow here. I feel like I should speak to it quickly. Uh, Burrow is a potentially annoying contract. 
And the only reason he's here, it's not that I think he's overpaid. It's not that the guarantee structure is, you know, incorrect. I think it's all pretty spot on, actually. And I've done plenty of articles and pods that justify that. Uh, you know, if we go back to college and then run through this year, he's got six pretty notable injuries and or illnesses, if you call an, you know, an appendectomy an illness. It just seems like something's always in the way with him uh, in terms of a, a bump and a bruise and certainly some more serious ones like ACL tears and a couple of wrist fractures here. So I, I just don't want this to be part of his legacy. That's all. I'm worried that there's 175 million guaranteed left over the next four and a half seasons. And every other year, he's going to be dealing with something like this. And that's just the nature of his beast. So it's nothing he can fix, I don't think. Although he has gotten sacked like, what, 400 times already? In six right. years, it's some unbelievable number, especially early on. Early on, he was breaking records early on, so maybe the part of this beast is Cincinnati's inability to draft properly. But um, it's definitely something to note, and it's going to be annoying if we have to deal with another Jober injury in the next couple of seasons. So that's why, contractually speaking, I'm worried that we're going to have to go back and forth, and that's what we're, t- we're talking about with Joe Burrow, and not how much of a dude he actually is. Well, also, it's it's going to just be annoying. Period from like the framework of a small market team with an owner that's already hinting towards not being able to, you know, compete with uh, the payrolls of some other, some other teams. So uh, for any organization, bills included, as soon as the Josh Allen contract kicked in, um, you know, we started to see them kind of, uh, you know, struggle to piece it together as easily as they did prior to, to those uh, second contracts kicking in. So, yeah, I totally agree. I mean, Joe Burrow, everyone, I don't think anyone's going to argue that he's not worth it right now. It's just, no. uh, you know, I, I think that I, I like that you brought that up. The beginning of his career was an absolute injustice the way they uh, constructed that offensive line for him. So um, hopefully that was negative variance, but it's a fair question if they'll be able to keep that together, um, you know, as this contract becomes more uh, prohibitive for them. So. No question. Um, let's slide down. There's a bunch of names here that I'm missing. So please uh, give it a read on spotrek.com. Hit me up at spotrek on X. I guess I have to say that now on X or <laughs> threads. If you want. Uh, yeah. If you need, uh, the no current future guarantees conversation. Again, I mentioned there's three teams that live in this boat. The commanders, Sam, Sam Howell has two years, but none of it's guaranteed. Tampa Bay, Kyle Trask has one more year, non-guaranteed. I don't think he's ever going to get a chance to start for this team feels like he would have already gotten that chance if it was uh, worth his time. And Minnesota, as we know, Josh Dobbs, uh, pending UFA, Kirk Cousins, pending UFA, and Nick Mullins and Jaron Hall have no future guarantees on their respective contracts. Thoughts on any of these three teams? Do you think that, let's, let's start with Washington, is Sam Howell the guy next year? Has he done enough this year? Seems yeah, like he's going to a coaching change though, right? Yeah, it's, I did see that report yesterday, and I think yeah. things were kind of trending that way. Um, I, yeah, I want to publicly eat crow. I think I called out uh, Sam Howell as would be replaced by Jacoby Brissett by the bye week this year. Um, I think he's I think he's the guy there. Um, yeah. I understand there's been some turnover issues there, if you will, but again, their offensive line, I think they're like record-setting historically bad so far. Um, if they can put something together there, like I, I think he's a dude they need to kind of run and build around if, uh, you know, that's my non-football bro take, but I, I like Sam Howell quite, quite a bit and I think they should work around him. <clears throat> Let's put it this way. With two years and two million non-guaranteed remaining, he's done enough to at least 
warrant coming back next year, right? I mean, for sure. It, because you have a chance to get lightning in a bottle at least for one more season here. And you ride that. I don't care if you're a brand new coach and you want to put your stamp on, a, on an organization. And you think that, I don't know, some rookie coming out of the second round is going to be a better play. Draft that kid and play Sam Howell because he's going to cost you $985,000 next year. And it's really just fool's gold. So to me, he's done much more than his contract's going to call for. And that's always a good sign for an NFL franchise. Yeah, and, and they're not trying to hide him. Eric Bieniemy is is he's right. chucking it forty times a game. So I mean, some of that is because they're playing from behind. The offensive line is terrible. They're not going to run it a bunch. But um, I think if you get him an offensive line next year and you sign one of the multitude of running backs that are going to be available, um, yes. I I think he can look as good as um you know I maybe it's premature, but I think he could be just as good as Brock Purdy if he was in a different situation, right? So um, yeah, I'm in on that. Uh, Jared Goff, it's recency bias here again, right? I mean, the Thanksgiving was a debacle, but all in all, 2023 has been really strong, super above average, top 10 advanced metrics, things like that. They don't have to extend them, Dan. There's one for 26 remaining. It's not guaranteed, right? They could run this course kind of like the Kirk Cousins mantra and put themselves in a situation where the franchise tag or something like that could come into play. But it's Detroit, right? I mean, it's it's the conversation we had with Buffalo and a couple of these smaller franchises, Jacksonville. I just wouldn't mess too much with the optics of this. If if you think this is your quarterback for the next three seasons, just go pay him. Make him your quarterback. Take all the questions you're going to have to field all season about Goff's future and things like that off the table and just do it. And if it costs you an extra $30 million next year, you know, because you got to put in a huge signing bonus and things like that, Oh, well, you know, it's a good problem finally to have in Detroit, even though he laid a stinker on Thanksgiving. So I don't know where you stand. I think he is clearly the guy for the system, um, especially with all the weapons that are available to him. And I wouldn't mess with a good thing in Detroit like they kind of did this past offseason, revamping their running game on the fly, which really didn't need to happen. Yeah, he's been my poster boy for like – when is when are things going to break like are we really going to give jared goff 40 million dollars but um like you said he is still under control um and they could do sort of a middling deal here to not i don't want to say take it year by year but um like you laid out earlier we don't need to we don't need to stay claim as jared goff the detroit lions quarterback of the next decade it doesn't need to go like that um He's obviously my, I think my main concern is uh, Ben Johnson, their OC is a hot, is going to be a hot coaching candidate at some yeah. point here. Um, if not this year in the upcoming season. So I think there could be some concern um, that he kind of Jared Goff turns back into a pumpkin um, without Ben Johnson. But as, as currently constructed, I think they need to just keep it there. like, this is a, we've seen, this is an ascending team entering a Super Bowl uh, window likely. Right. You can argue if Jared yeah. Goff is a Super Bowl contending quarterback or not, but he's been there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So this is this is a team that's going to want to keep uh, keep it together for next year. I think so. He w- he would be back in my book. <clears throat> is Geno Smith one and done in Seattle? The contract says it absolutely can be. There's literally no guarantees after 2023. I think so um from like a starting quarterback standpoint and then are you going to bring him back in a backup role i doubt it at that at that amount no they got drew lock right i mean that's kind of the guy that's sitting behind the guy always for that team right now yeah but he sucks too so (laughs) (laughs) i i I thought gino was going to be fine as game manager what we saw last year was a was a bit more true than it was fluky but i've so far been kind of wrong on that i mean 
it just hasn't worked. The offense hasn't really clicked so far in Seattle like I thought it would. So I'm I'm probably a little bit jaded here because I mm. I thought the Sea the Seahawks were um in a decent situation at least entering the season. But um if they like is that a team if Fields becomes available that I, I yeah. think you so let's talk it out a little bit. Yeah, let's talk it out a little bit. Here's why there's there's a nine point six million dollar roster bonus due on March seventeenth for Geno Smith. That's not a small chunk of change, and it's really good work by the agent. And it's because of this exact conversation, right? If that were a $2 million roster bonus, whatever. Seattle just says, you know, if we have to wait to see what other options become available, we'll pay that bonus and wait. 9.6 is, is kind of big, right? That's, that's a bigger size roster bonus for a March vesting trigger. Which means if they're going to acquire Justin Fields or if they plan to sign, I don't know, Baker Mayfield, what, whatever the options might be, Kirk Cousins, if they get in that conversation, they're going to have to do it. Right, they're going to have to ramp this thing up in the pre-negotiation period and/or right before March 13th because of this roster bonus looming out there, which gives them about four days to operate. So they're going to have to know that another QB one is attached to their hip by March 17th in order to proceed properly with this release. Otherwise, they're just going to be a you know a, a big open sea looking for a new quarterback, and their draft picks probably going to be in the mid 20s because I don't think they're going to lose enough games down the stretch here with their schedule to justify getting in the top 15 or anything crazy like that. So it's it's an awkward situation for them to be in. And it very well might just be it's easier to keep Geno Smith. So I just want to keep that on people's radar. It may it because of the timing of things, it may very well be we're going to keep this guy and hope we can just kind of resurrect a little bit of 2022 back in 2024 and uh, fix a couple things offensively and see what we can do. But even though the guarantees have fallen off here and it's an easy out right now, the timing may not make it easy. So I just want to put that on the radar that Seattle may not be completely starting over here. They may be doing so in pieces, right? Let's play, let's make Gino the guy still and slowly start to find that next player. However, I'd be in for Justin Fields on this roster. Wouldn't you? Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I would like Fields on a half dozen other rosters. I, I think um, could be okay. appealing to me, but yeah, I like that. All right. I think we're going to wrap there because I think everything else is sort of self-explanatory. Like Dak's going to get a contract. Let's not even talk about this. And even if he doesn't, they're going to restructure his $60 million cap hit. They're going to franchise tag him and then they'll give him a contract. They'll slow play it like they did a couple of years ago. Um, I, I guess just quickly, Dan, where are you at Minnesota? Is there, there's not a world where Joshua Dobbs, you know, warrants an extension and becomes the week one quarterback next year for you. Is it? No, no. I th- Yeah. Think- I'm off that boat too. I think it's Kirk Cousins in the field, but um, I mean, I think okay. he's back, right? Is, is that where you sort of? Yeah, oh yeah. That's from? that's always where I've been, and I know that's boring, but I'm not getting off that take until somebody changes my mind about it. Um, I think we're good. I think we've run through the majority of the names I wanted to get to. I did not talk Aaron Rodgers. I did a lot of that on Twitter or X this week. Um, <laughs> I think the Jets are stepping into, you know, an ocean that they do not want to be stepping into, but it's the Jets, so I guess that's just what we have to live with. Um, Jordan Love, speaking of Packers players, Jordan Love okay for you next year? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I think he's back. My gut says he's back, but. Yeah, it's going to be like $9 million cash and like a $10 million cap hit when you include some of the escalators that will hit at the end of the year. Um, to me, that's yeah, just I... too good not to not to bring back, right? And yeah, and I want to just, uh, I should just make this point since I really don't know things I've a little bit I've read is 
like from a fantasy perspective, some mm. anal- some a- analysis that I've seen is how awful the Packers have started in the beginning of games and how basically their offense have been, has been totally ineffective in the first half of games, um, which is tip- which I have seen credited towards coaching a little bit. So oh, yeah. that like the first half is typically your scripted, um, you know, drives a little bit more preparation type stuff. And the second half is more just playing out based on how the, or playing based on how the first half played out. So what I'm, what I'm trying to lay out here is that Jordan love has looked somewhat competent down the stretch in second halves of games. It's been the Packers being decimated on offense in the first half of games. So I, I, I'm not pointing the finger anywhere. I'm just saying, I think, he gets some on un, uh, some unwarranted heat. And I think this, you know, his struggles could be credited towards coaching maybe a little bit more than he's just a, a dusty quarterback. Who's not good. I, I think so. My point is, is I think he's shown me enough that they should want to bring him back. Um, you know, despite some of the public rhetoric out there. <clears throat> I like it. I think it's a good take. And, you know, generally one piece of the puzzle goes when there's a season that ends under 500, you know, that's just how this league works. I, I know Lafleur's name's been thrown out there quite a bit, but maybe it's just the OC, right? Maybe it's just Adam Stenovich moving on, and if they can upgrade that position and bring in a more creative opportunity for Jordan Love, because I do think he's talented, and I do think he can be a versatile player, and it looks like this Christian Watson thing is going to work out. You know, It seems like when he's healthy and, and, and in a rhythm, he's actually a potential WR1 for that team. So I, there's a lot of positives. Luke Musgrave looks like a positive option. So I, I, I do think that, there's enough for me, especially with the contract, like I said, about $9 million cash, $10 million on the cap, just to say, forget it. We're just going to roll this thing back out there. And if they go and grab a third-round pick, I'm not going to blame them for that either. Yeah. All right. This is live on SpotTrack.com. Every notable quarterback's guarantee situation categorized into various tiers. We'll be doing plenty more of this. I have to dive into wide receivers here quickly. I, I did running backs last week if you missed it. Um, really just a full gamut of the available uh, free agent class for 2024 running backs. And it's a big one as we're going to see every year now. Wide receivers, not so big, but very impactful. There's some names that you're going to like if your team needs a weapon. And I'm going to throw a few Russell bubble players onto that list. That's going to be even more enticing. So that's probably next on my list here. Um, all of this available on spotrack.com. For Scott Allen, my name is Mike Gennetti. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Spotrack Podcast. <laughs>